Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, your host and the Chronicle's senior political writer. Today on the pod, we have State Senator Kevin DeLeon. He is taking on Dianne Feinstein to be a senator, a U.S. senator from California. People are like, when, when he did that, they're like, DeLeon, you're nuts. What are you doing? And we ask him the same question. DeLeon, are you nuts? What are you doing? But he explains why he's doing it and why he would be a better senator. And he also compares their backgrounds and their differences on policy. We also talked to him about the Me Too movement in Sacramento, where he is, uh, had been called out for recently by one of the senators who resigned over sexual uh, allegations of sexual misconduct. That and more on It's All Political. Senator Daly, welcome to It's All Political. We are—we have to set the stage here. We are in a darkened conference room. That no, when it's—it seems like a like almost like a weird Charlie Rose setup here. But I don't, I don't want to use. We the, need the round table. Yeah, we need the round table. We don't want to. We don't Charles, want to use Charlie, Charlie Rose. Rose right now. Yeah, we want to stay away from the Charlie Rose references. All right. When you you have been since you announced in October, mm-hmm. you've been hitting uh, like what forty Democratic clubs. You go up and down the state, making your case. What do you tell people when they say, when you tell them why you want to replace Diane Feinstein? She's 96% name recognition, generally well-respected. What do you tell them? I say it's time for a change. It's time to usher in a new generation of leadership. Um, that California has changed tremendously uh, over the uh, past quarter century, and that we need a new voice uh, that's reflective of California today, mm-hmm. that the institutional powers in Washington uh, have failed us and that this is not an institutional moment. Uh, In fact, uh, this is a time when we have to move the nation's capital to California. We have to export California values to Washington, not the other way around. Uh, We're clearly in the crosshairs of uh, President Trump on a whole variety of issues, whether it's climate, whether it's the air we breathe, uh, whether it is uh, immigrants, whether it's streamers, whether it's the taxpayers of California. And we need someone uh, not on the sidelines, but someone on the front lines to do everything within their power to protect our economic prosperity, our progressive values as a great state, and our people. Do you, is this more of a stylistic difference you feel with Senator Feinstein, or where do you disagree on the issues with her? Hard, it, hardcore on the issues. It, where it do you goes disagree? beyond stylistic, because stylistic is, is rather uh, superficial. Mm-hmm. This is about the values of, of a great state like California. Uh, it is not Northern California versus Southern California, or Central Valley versus the Central Coast. This is about uh, one coherent vision. This is about one California. Um, on, in terms of values, uh, I can say this, is that um, I'd never vote to allow 13-year-olds to be prosecuted as adults without mercy. I would never have voted for two wars that are going on now 17 years, longer than the Vietnam War, that have cost American lives, that have cost us $5 trillion. $5 trillion that could have been spent, should have been spent, on healthcare, on clean energy, on debt-free college education, on finding a cure for uh, a variation of breast cancer or Parkinson's or Alzheimer's. So it's beyond superficial uh, stylistic differences. Go back to the the 13-year-old prosecuting 
clear that up for the people who are listening to this. They're like, what, 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 is, what, is, what well, are you referring part, to? Now? This is part of a, a, a bill in Washington that loosened up the criteria, uh, the federal criteria, to allow 13-year-olds, that would allow easily 13-year-olds to be prosecuted from a federal prosecutor uh, as an adult. Uh, I think that uh, our agenda should be about uh, restorative justice. It should be about criminal uh, uh, reforms. Uh, I think we have to be smart on crime. There's no question about it that there's some very bad folks on the streets that don't belong on the streets. Yeah. They need to be uh, uh, locked away. But we also have a lot of young folks who got caught up uh, uh, in, in, in dumb stuff yeah. that are paying the price, that are coming out of prison uh, much later in life with no skill set, uh, no employment opportunities. And that is a true tragedy. So we, re really, we really need to be smart on crime and not use crime uh, as, um, uh, as uh, not to fear monger the issue of crime and uh, scare folks to voting for more uh, uh, retribution. And <clears throat> this week, uh, Tony Mendoza, we were just talking about this before we started mm -hmm. cranking up here, uh, resigned from the Senate. And on his way out the door, he said, he, he pointed at you. He said, you know, the, the Delion wanted my head in a platter to prove himself to the Me Too generation or Me Too uh, movement. What do you say to that? I think it's unfortunate. I think that when the dust settles, I think it, the California State Senate will be used as a national model for many uh, legislative houses, including Washington, D.C., of uh, what we need to do to do everything within our power uh, to protect our staff members, in particular female staff. Uh, we should have a zero-tolerance uh, policy. Uh, we should make sure that any staff member has the ability to feel free and safe to make a complaint without fear of any type of retribution. Mm -hmm. um, I don't think that any individual senator is above the law. That's just the bottom line. Yeah. So uh, he resigned. Um, it's an unfortunate uh, chapter uh, in our history, but we move forward. As Senate leader, you're a Senate leader, the buck stops with the leader. What could you have done differently as leader throughout this whole process? Well, that's an interesting question because the issue of sexual misconduct actually is not a state capital uh, issue. It's a societal issue because it is pervasive in, in journalism, in newsrooms across America, in Hollywood, uh, in media, in, in the private sector, our, our labor unions, our state houses, our city halls. It is a pervasive societal issue. It's about cultural change. Uh, and we're going to move policies, our own internal policies, right. to make sure we create a, a, an environment that's free of harassment, and if in fact there's any type of harassment, that any one individual can feel free to report it without the fear of retrib uh, retribution. So this is a societal issue that we collectively uh, have to take on headfirst. This is a <clears throat> a big deal for your campaign this weekend. Uh, how big is it for you to get the nomination, or to for Senator Feinstein not to get it? I mean, she's been in office 25 years. She's been a in, in office, uh, it's somewhere since 1969. Um, how big of a how big of a deal is it for you to get the nomination? Well, you know, I, I do recognize, and it's not lost on me that uh, uh, this is a huge challenge. Um, I'm not a millionaire, nor am I a billionaire. Um, I uh, uh, I've never been in office for more than half a decade, 50 years, and and more than half of that. Uh, uh, as the uh, uh, senior center for, for California. I don't have the infrastructure and the huge, powerful, uh, uh, and wealthy network that she does. So uh, I have to go up and down the state of California. I have to roll up my sleeves. I have to engage with folks in the Central Valley, the Central Coast, in San Francisco, San Jose, the Peninsula, East Bay, 
Southern California and all parts uh, in between because I have no other choice. I have to engage with the voters and talk about values and if given an opportunity to be their leading voice in Washington, <coughs> what I would do uh, uh, if uh, I have that honor to be their voice. So my campaign is unconventional and it's untraditional because uh, it doesn't follow the political norms which are the, the benchmarks among the political intelligentsia, including yourself, which are your markers are how much money you raise, how much cash on hand you have, what are your endorsements. You know, I understand historically those are the traditional political benchmarks that folks view to see what your viability is like. Sure. Um, my, I, I'm not a multimillionaire nor yeah. a billionaire, so but I have so to do things much differently. So how important is, it, is this endorsement this weekend, whether, whether you get it or whether she doesn't get it? Well, what what it, message it, would that send? It, it would be huge, yeah. obviously, opportunity if we were successful. Yeah. Uh, uh, we have a huge challenge still. You know, we're <clears> making <throat> our phone calls. Uh, it's tough, no doubt, because yeah. when you're dealing with a, a senior incumbent uh, who's been uh, in her position for uh, more than a quarter of a century, yeah. um, uh, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tough and, road to hoe. Another thing you have going against you is, is that a lot of the donors are afraid to go against her. They're, you know, they're saying, like, well, I'm not going <laughs> to... Hey, Kevin, I love you, but uh, hey, am I going to go against Dianne Feinstein? Am I going to go against Garcetti? Am I going to go against, am I going to lose out on Olympic contracts or something like that? You hear that, right? You, I think you've been talking to my donors then. Well, my I, potential you, donors. Your potential, saying, no, my potential, potential donors. You've been yes, talking yes. to them. <laughs> but just, you're hearing the same thing. I, you know, there's no question that I talk with folks uh, who are uh, more than interested uh, in supporting this candidacy. Uh, but uh, are afraid of, of political retribution, yeah. uh, political revenge. Um, there's no question about it. Um, uh, that makes it much more challenging for me. Um, obviously, I need resources to right. to get my message out. Um, the worst thing would be to be drowned out completely uh, by millions and millions of dollars and not be able to respond. So it's part of this challenge. There's no question about it. But that's why I, I have to move up and down the state of California. And I'll tell you one thing. Whatever the end result is, it has been my true honor to meet everyday Californians of every ethnicity, of every hue, from every geographical part, yeah. uh, whether you live in Marin or in the city or the East Bay or Contra Costa or the peninsula or the South Bay. Excellent, excellent name checking of all the Bay Area stuff. Here. Oh, well, well, very, you know, very impressive. We'll go with Sonoma, <laughs> you know, Sonoma, very good. Napa, Sonoma, you know, very good. <laughs> we can keep going. You know. yeah, scary. Yeah. Okay. I also heard from another of your, uh, of your, of your uh, uh, rivals uh, today, uh, Allison uh, Hartson, yeah, is. and she said, "I said, where do you disagree with Daly on, on this stuff?" She said, on, "On issues, I really don't. But he is not a real progressive because he takes corporate money and he takes dark money." What do you say to that? Well, listen, I was the lead negotiator on the issue of dark money when it comes to the Disclose Act. So mm -hmm. that's, that's something that's uh, real and it's a historic measure that we're moving <coughs> forward. Uh, working with a lot of progressive activists uh, to make sure that there's transparency with regard to dark money, money that's coming from outside of the state to uh, fund big uh, ballot initiatives in California where you can hide your money because you can hide who's actually behind those major uh, unlimited contributions. Mm -hmm. um, Allison is, is a wonderful person and uh, she and I agree on a whole variety uh, of, of issues. I, I think that when you measure you know, um, who's a progressive, who's not a progressive, and I don't want to get into titles, I don't think it's important. I think it's what your accomplishments are. Uh, negotiating the $15 minimum wage, uh, being the uh, joint author of Equal Pay for Equal Work for Women, uh, being the author of Sanctuary State, uh, being the author of the most far-reaching progressive climate change policies, not in the state of California, but the entire nation. 
It is the policies that you move forward and the values that you share and adhere to to improve the human condition that I think ultimately the voters across the spectrum will be making their decision based on that. You are also in the unique position is if you don't win, you go from having a, one of the most, uh, arguably the second most powerful job in the state, uh, we'll forget the lieutenant governor. Uh, <laughs> Theoretically. Because <laughs> the current lieutenant governor wanted to forget the position. Um, to being unemployed, what, do you, what would you do if you, if you don't win? Well, I, I think it's one of those things where we're, we're in a rowboat, we're not in the speedboat, and yeah. we're sort of going to you know, wash up to shore, yeah. and we were going to burn those boats. Uh, uh, there's no looking backwards, obviously. Yeah. Uh, we move forward. And uh, uh, my plan is to go up and down the state of California, uh, is mm. to campaign uh, like hell, uh, really engage the voters, uh, uh, hopefully have very honest, uh, transparent uh, debates uh, with uh, the senior senator. Uh, on the issues that matter to Californians, and we'll see where the voters go. But I'm not thinking two, three steps ahead with regards to uh, Machiavellian, you know, steps and, and, and calculating every single step. Um, listen, I'm the youngest child of a single immigrant mother with a third grade education. I never thought in my wildest dreams I'd ever be number one, an elected official. Number two, a state senator. Number three, the president of the California State Senate. Never. I was never class president, senior class president, young dem president, city council member, college board trustee, school board member, water board, district member. I was never elected to anything in my entire life yeah. prior to being, ele being elected to the <clears throat> California State Assembly. I work hard. I work really hard. Um, I absorb information. I listen to a lot of smart people. I gather thoughts and opinions and I formulate my opinions and it, that's manifested through policies. Uh, I, I, I'm not supposed to be where I'm at today again, as the youngest child of a single immigrant mother with a third grade education. And also, you grew up probably two miles from here. Just a few the, miles from here, yeah, yes. In a barrio here. In barrio Logan, in Logan, or Logan yeah, Heights. Logan Heights, here in San Diego. Tell us about when you used to go with your mom uh, to well, clean houses, uh, and, you know, rich people's houses in La Jolla. Would, tell us about what that was like. Well, you know, as, as, as the youngest child, uh, of my mother, um, I remember uh, at a very young age taking the number 34 bus, and that bus would traverse through downtown LA and Point Loma and Mission Beach, Pacific Beach to our final destination, which uh, were the homes on top of a, uh, uh, palatial, palatial homes on top of a, a hill with the ocean panoramic views, and it was La Jolla, uh, a very exclusive uh, mm -hmm. community, uh, similar to Pacific Heights uh, in San Francisco. And my mother would spend the vast majority of her day, if not the vast majority of her life, uh, cleaning other people's homes and in fact taking care of the wealthy uh, when they uh, uh, matured in age and it was there that I learned the value of hard work and it was there that I witnessed my mother's strong work ethic because she was the woman, the single mother who paid for the rent to put the roof over my head, uh, put the food on the table and the clothes on my back so that had a very huge huge impression on me and it has wired me uh, so when I make my decisions as a senator, as an elected official, as a leader of the Senate, that has wired me and drives me in terms of my values and the type of policies that I move forward proactively to improve the human condition. I make no excuses for it. I think to date, relatively speaking, I've been quite successful. Um, but you're uh, thinking about your mom. I think about my mom. When yeah, you're think, making or, your policy decisions, yeah, you're and, saying. And, and my aunt, too, who's my <laughs> second mother, who's her older sister. Yeah. And, but, one thing that's very important to underscore, Joe, is that my story, per se, is 
not a very unique story. It's not necessarily original because it's a story of, of millions of Californians. So my story is their story and their story is my story. It's not the story of the 1%. It's a story of, of, of people. The, the 20% in California. Or the 20%. It's the story of <laughs> 20% folks, of the state is living you know, in poverty. Uh, who live in a hard scrabble you yeah. know, environment uh, to the, the, the grace of God, you know, uh, through hard work and through someone like my mother. And, and plus, you know, political activists who preceded me generations before me sure. in the 60s and 70s who, who, who advocated for policies that allowed me uh, to succeed. There's no ingenuity about me or greatness about me per se. It was other folks before me who laid out the pathway that allowed me to succeed. And those are the types of policies that are about inclusivity, about diversity, about giving everyone a fair shot. Mm -hmm. Not just those who are the very wealthy and the elite. Uh, because it is a long way from Pacific Heights and Georgetown to Logan Heights, or the areas I represent today. Right. You know, Boyle Heights and Lincoln Heights. Right. I think that you know, whether you're white, whether you're Latino, whether you're African American, whether you're Asian American, whether you're racially mixed, poverty is poverty. Absolutely. Period. And everyone wants a fair opportunity to succeed. And uh, Diane Feinstein, who was uh, born in very wealthy circumstances, uh, Pacific Heights lives there, of course, now. It's how do you explain your candidacy, draw these contrasts with someone who is generally, as, as we come full circle here, generally well-respected without, you know, this isn't necessarily personal with her, but it is personal. These are two very different California stories. How do you do that? And is well, it, what is your challenge in doing that? Well, it's not personal, you know, because I, I, re yep. I respect, you know, the, the senior senator. Um, mm -hmm. uh, so it's not personal to me, but California values, democratic values, fundamental human rights values are as personal as it gets yeah. uh, for someone like me. Uh, our state has changed quite dramatically in the last quarter of a century. And I think that the current uh, voice that we have in Washington is not reflective of that incredible tapestry, <coughs> that amazing diversity that makes California the greatest state and the greatest nation in the entire world. Yeah. So if you're going to ask if there's a, a, a huge contrast, you know, is there a large juxtaposition between our candidacies, uh, there's no question about it, through no fault of her own or my own. Right. You know, we're just born in, in two different worlds uh, completely. And um, I, I think that, uh, uh, I think now it's time for change. I think now it, it's not uh, a moment, uh, I think that the institutions in Washington have failed us. And this is not an institutional moment. Uh, this is a moment uh, where we need to change, uh, where we need to move progressive policies that improve the quality of life for all Californians. Now, whether you live in Atherton or Los Altos or whether you live in East San Jose, or Fruitvale, or Bay, Bay uh, uh, View 100 Point, which, by the way, I have a park named after me on the top of the hill, you know, up there, because I got them the money, you know, and it's an impoverished community. Yeah. You know, folks don't have the luxury to live adjacent to Golden Gate Park uh, uh, because if they don't have the financial resources, but people deserve access to open space and to parks, and it shouldn't be dictated by your, your socioeconomic wealth, your financial wherewithal. So it's about moving policies with intentionality, with a sense of purpose that, again, and I know it sounds like a broken record, but that improves the human condition for all individuals because when you move these policies and lift people up together, it improves the economy overall for California. Taxpayers actually start investing more in higher education and less so in our prison system and other uh, types of 
social welfare programs that are very much needed uh, with our tattered social net that we currently have right now. But how can we give people a leg up? So the contrast between uh, her and I are, are great. There's no question about it. Uh, again, not through her fault or, or my fault, right. but that is a reality. Finally, probably the most important question, should you be elected, will you become one of those senators who panders and says, I'm a Giants fan, I'm a 49ers fan, or will you be true to your roots? Or you're not going to like doing that. You're in a place you're not just, you know, I want is, you to make a, an absolute is, pledge here on this. This is the hardest question you're asking you're, me. And this is probably the main question <laughs> why I may lose a lot of votes in the Bay Area. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. You're not going to be yeah. one on the split hat, are you? But let me tell you this, and you're not going to believe this. I actually threw out the first pitch at AT&T Park. The first time I ever had opportunity to throw Was it an exhibition game? Or no, no, it was not an exhibition <laughs> game. It was a real Major League Baseball really? game. Okay. I threw the pitch off the rubber, full wind-up. I asked the catcher, really? the, the Giants catcher, to get in a crouching position. Don't stand up with the simple you know, toss in front of the mound. I stood on the rubber, on top of the mound, full wind-up, overhand throw. Uh, he crouched down, and I kid you not, it was a strike uh, down the middle. Now, how long did you work on that? Because that is, that's, that's very, that's hard to do if you are not used to. How long did you rehearse that? You be I, honest. I, I, be I, honest. I'll, be, I'll be honest. I did it before. I went to my uh, <laughs> local high school in my district. And the reason why, I heard that uh, uh, a couple of uh, electors who are running for office right now, you know, uh, hit the, they hit the, uh, way before home plate. <laughs> and one thing you realize is that when you, throw the ball from the mound that you're going down. So right, the trajectory, right. you know, folks misjudge it and they hit three, four, five feet. Got to uh, get that release point the, high. Yeah, you got to yeah. get the release point high, yeah. throw it hard yeah. down the middle. And if you throw it hard down the middle, uh, you could possibly get a strike. So right. I'll tell you one thing right now. Uh, obviously, the Dodgers are, are in my home district. Yes. I'm from San Diego. I grew up yeah. in San Diego. but I've always been a Dodgers fan. Um, but when the Giants were in the World Series, uh, I root for them. The reason why is they are a California team. That's right. just the bottom line. And like right. I said, it shouldn't be Northern Cal versus Southern Cal. It should but it be is. But one it is. No, it's not it is. It should be one California. Market. All right. Now's okay. the time okay. to start okay. tearing walls down, not building them up. Oh, okay. you know? right. Start building okay. the bridges, Okay. Joe. All right. Blah, blah, blah. Okay. <laughs> Senator Delian, thanks for being on It's All Political. Cheers. It was a you. pleasure. Thanks a lot. Take it easy. Okay. Bye. Thank you. I'd like to thank Kevin DeLeon for being on today's podcast. I'd like to thank Brittany Shell for producing it. I'd like to thank you for listening. Because remember, whether you're running against Diane Feinstein or not, it's all political.
I'd like to thank Kevin DeLeon for being on today's podcast. And I'd like to thank Brittany Shell for producing it. And I'd like to thank you for listening. Because remember, whether you're running against Dianne Feinstein or not, it's all political. <laughs>